Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled, Our Thorns Behind the Beauty. And I was on a deep, long, reflective walk this week when I came across this beautiful bush with red berries. Um, and it was a great metaphor for something that transpired and still affects me in my life, which is acting on defense mechanisms. I go in depth and explain how defense mechanisms can manifest in undesirable personality traits, habits, and actions. And I wanna share my story and hopefully provide some insight on light so you can take actions to not live your life through defense mechanisms. So focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome back to the show. I hope everyone's having a great day today. Uh, Jess and I have some exciting news as we just found out that our property in Canmore, the deal went through, everything's going to close. And it was a bit of a stressful couple weeks as there was a lot of hoops to jump through. Uh, part of our down payment was coming from cryptocurrency and obviously the banks don't really align with that yet. So there was a lot of intricacies and complexities that normally our deals don't involve. So there was a lot of bit of, a lot of stress. There was uh, we took a big risk at one point where we said we were closing or we could remove conditions when there was still one condition from our lender and going past that point we wouldn't get our deposit back which was a substantial amount of money um so there was a little bit of stress involved but i was confident that the deal was going to go through so i made that call but that led to a little bit of stress especially for jess who's not as comfortable in those situations as i am uh, so we had to navigate those territories and during that during the last week or so there was a, there was a couple turbulent points between Jess and I where there was a little bit of that uh, more so fear on her end and and worry and, and angst and uh, me not really um, being in touch and in tune with her emotions and me just more so putting my business face on and getting the deal done. Um, so there was a point of conflict throughout the, the last couple of weeks between Jess and I. And during this conflict point on one of the days, I decided to go for a walk to clear my mind, get out in nature and just, just breathe through it and relax through it and really reflect on what was going on here. And during this walk, we, I got to a point where there's kind of an overlook over lake and just a spot where I stopped and, and decided to reflect. And right in front of me, there was a uh, nice, beautiful bush filled with red, luscious berries. And I just casually thought, well, that's a nice looking bush. <laughs> Didn't think much of it. Continued to look out at the lake and reflect. And then uh, after, after some reflection, I looked back at the bush and I noticed that behind all these beautiful, lush leaves and berries, there was these jagged thorns, these really rugged, jagged thorns. And, you know, when we're in a deeper reflective state, that got me thinking at a bigger question and a bigger picture. And it got me thinking and reminded me of a few things that really transpired into today's episode, which is titled, Are Thorns Behind the Beauty? So 
A couple things that this reminded me of are we all have thorns as individuals, as humans, um, no matter who we are or what we have in life. Our personal thorns can include our unwanted automatic response behaviors, our habits, our beliefs, our traits, our neurological hardwiring, our automatic default system. So it's important to know that we won't necessarily get rid of these thorns, but we can let our beauty, our good attributes, our good qualities override them, such as I saw in this bush. It wasn't just this jagged, ugly bush that was only thorns. In fact, it had beautiful leaves, beautiful berries overriding those thorns. And I actually had to look deeper to see those thorns. And I just thought, what a perfect metaphor for us as humans, for us as individuals. And another thing it made me remind or reminded me of was we have to be aware of our thorns. We can't just completely pretend that they are not there. It's kind of like knowing what our weaknesses are. It's good to know what they are in order to utilize your strengths to help you improve on them so that the thorns, undesirable traits don't run your life. It's important to be real with ourselves, to not repress and pretend those thorns don't exist because inevitably they will resurface. And from my experience, they tend to resurface with a vengeance, with compounded impact they come out stronger they it's not just this subtle oh yeah here they are remind reminder of them but when we repress them when we pretend like they're not there they will come out in an explosion with that compounded interest of burying them down for so long and you know this was my case with my emotions burying my emotions avoiding difficult conversations I didn't understand, nor did I really care to understand why I was that certain way, why I was burying them, why they were compounding, why they came out in these outlashes. I didn't fully comprehend what was going on in my life. And I eventually became aware of this, and I now utilize my strengths to help me minimize these consequences. I utilize my work ethic, my consistency, my discipline, my dedication, my determination to work on not letting my thorns control my life. Now, it's important to, well, probably the deepest realization that I came across was that I started wondering why, why do plants have thorns? Like why, that's such a random thing. They're these soft, beautiful, smelling good objects but yeah, they have these sharp thorns. I'm like, there has to be a reason for this. And then I realized that um, they're there to protect the plant from predators. So that, you know, a predator comes up, something that's going to eat or, you know, get close to this plant and they touch the thorn and it pricks them and they back away. It's a protective mechanism. And chances are that most of the thorns that we develop as humans throughout our life grew because of the same reason to protect us and for me my thorns were dominant over my beauty over my good qualities for so many years my thorns hid who i truly was so many good attributes of who i was because these thorns were developed they were these restrictive protective mechanisms 
protecting the world from my true identity, which I thought the world didn't want to see. But in reality, I was completely wrong. So as I mentioned, these defense mechanisms that I used led me to show up as a closed off, emotionally stoic person. That meant, um, you know, to me, that meant that if I was stoic and emotionally closed off, that means that I would survive. That means that I would fit in. It was that tribal mentality that if you don't fit in with the tribe, then you die. We, our brains develop as on this, um, as a very old evolution mechanism to survive. That's just how our brains are hardwired because we needed to do that in the past to survive. So we, we take on these same attributes. And to me, I thought that, well, if I'm, if I express my emotions and I, I say how I'm feeling and I'm not this stoic man, then I'm not a man then I won't fit in. And I, again, I was wrong with that. Um, and these defense mechanisms also led me to being angry, to being stubborn, because that's how I thought I got respect to ensure that I am always right because I was scared to be wrong. I was unable to be vulnerable. I, I saw vulnerability as a weakness. I thought men need to show strength. They don't need to be vulnerable. I had a lack of deep trust and was unable to be fully intimate. I was scared to trust. I was scared ultimately because I was scared to be left alone. So naturally I held back. I held back from that trust as I think a lot of men do. We're scared to give in fully. We're scared to give our full selves to be trusted by another partner um, because it's scary. We're scared to be left alone. So it's important to note that you and myself, we're not wrong or a bad person because we develop thorns throughout our life. We all did it simply out of necessity to survive, just like the plants. It's honestly pretty crazy to think about what our mind does and how it interprets things and scenarios and circumstances along the way without us being aware of it. Our thorns are developed without us even being aware of it most of the time. It's crazy how our, how our psychology works. And yeah, so we encountered something we didn't like or that made us uncomfortable in the past, maybe caused us anxiety. So the next time we were faced with a similar experience, our subconscious mind with good intentions tries to avoid the same undesirable state we experienced before and and then we unconsciously take in action to avoid this so if we keep repeating this over and over again our branch is trying to do us a good thing it's trying to keep us alive it's trying to keep us safe but if we keep doing these repressive actions over and over again, so we don't experience that uncomfortable state, so we don't experience that anxiety, if we do this over and over again and keep repeating it, this avoidance pattern then eventually will become our hardwired response. And when it's our hardwired response, that will impact who we are, who we show up as, what our personality develops into which could be a very dangerous thing. As I experienced in my life, I started to become this undesirable person, this person with many undesirable traits and responses that was just protecting me. It was just shielding this more sensitive, emotional side of myself. And it really manifested in me being this angry, bitter, grumpy, 
you know, emotionally locked in person, which was not desirable at all. And that's why the way to override our thorns is through our conscious mind because they got developed unconsciously. So the only way to override that and deprogram that is through our prefrontal cortex thinking mind, not our primitive reactional unconscious mind. So we need to implement conscious awareness to think new thoughts so we can take new actions to override our thorns and undesirable traits. So I wanted to dive into this a little bit more. What I just explained there was how my defense mechanisms manifested in me showing up. They manifested it in mannerisms and personality traits that I acquired based on acting or utilizing these defense mechanisms over and over and over and over again. So I want to highlight the top 10 most commonly used defense mechanisms to hopefully bring some insight into your life and for you to maybe question and see what, what defense mechanisms you might be using in your life. So number one, the one, and this is based on a quite a few articles I read just to kind of gather the, the most 10 common ones that probably appear in most people's lives. So the first one that came up was denial. And it occurs when we refuse to accept reality or facts. You block external events or circumstances from your mind so that you don't have to deal with the emotional impact of it. In other words, you avoid painful feelings or events. Just avoid them completely, deny them, deny them that they even exist. And again, most men tend to deny this, tend to deny um, or block out those external events or those external circumstances that had an impact. We just pretend that they're not there. Just deny it. And I, I was a victim to this as well. Uh, the second one is repression. And this is unsavory thoughts, painful memories, or irrational beliefs can upset you. Um, so instead of facing them, you may unconsciously choose to hide them in hopes of forgetting about them entirely. That does not mean, however, that the memories disappear. They may influence behaviors and they may impact future relationships. You just may not realize the impact this defense mechanism is having. So you repress them, you bury them. And again, guilty here, I repressed everything for so long. I buried it. I put it down. I put it aside. Um, and, and I thought that that was just getting rid of them. I thought that because I wouldn't face them, that I'm good. I don't have to face them. They're not there. I repressed everything. But it just kept compounding and compounding. And the more I repressed and the more I held in, the more I manifested these undesirable traits, this undesirable way of living and showing up. I couldn't show up as who I was, who I authentically am, all the good qualities. My thorns were dominant. My thorns were protruding and only um, living outwardly rather than the beauty, rather than the good qualities of me because I was repressing it. So in real time, we think it's actually a solution of repressing. We'll get rid of it. But in reality, it's actually just compounding. The more we repress, the more we repress, the bigger the problem gets. The more we will outwardly live in undesirable ways because we're just holding so much in. We're repressing that energy and it's truly, really not healthy. And I, 
I attend to the, I attest to this, like this, that's exactly what I did for so many years. And it was just detrimental to who I became and the, the person that I was outwardly living as. Uh, the third one is projection. Some thoughts or feelings you have about another person may make you uncomfortable. So if you project those feelings, you're misattributing them to the other person. For example, you may dislike your new coworker, but instead of accepting that and just being real with it as, hey, I don't like this guy, I don't align with their values, I don't align with their belief systems. Instead of owning that, you choose to tell yourself that they dislike you and you create this projection, you create this story and you see in their actions the things you wish you could do or say. So you're projecting what you're actually feeling onto someone else. You're creating that story. And it's so easy to create those stories as I've also found myself doing this before. We don't know the actual truth and all of a sudden we're making a projection of how we actually feel towards somebody else. Now this takes some deep analyzation and awareness to understand when we are doing this projection. Because again, all these things are usually happening at an unconscious level without us being consciously aware that we are actually doing them. It takes some deeper reflecting. It takes some deeper insight to know that, hey, I might be projecting how I actually feel here. But if we don't take the time to reflect on that, we don't normally know it's going on. The fourth main defense mechanism is displacement. So a good example of this is getting angry at a partner or a spouse or a child, your child, because you had a bad day at work. Now, neither of these people is the target of your strong emotions. Your kid's not the reason uh, you're having these strong emotions or your partner isn't, but reacting to them seems less problematic than reacting to, let's say, your boss if you had that hard day at work. You know, you don't want to react to your boss because you'll get fired. So you take it out, you use displacement on somebody who's usually closest to you. Unfortunately, that's how it usually happens. And I was doing this a lot. I did this a lot. I am guilty of this. I was doing this with grumpiness and how I showed up cold in my relationship after my work day. You know, I would I would go to work and I would be I would really try to show up with a great attitude, be super nice, be super friendly to everyone at work, even if I didn't have a relationship with them. I would just go over the top being nice and making sure I fit in, making sure I was keeping up appearances, whatever it was. But the craziest part is that I would come home to my loved one, to Jess, and I would act the opposite. I would, I would almost absorb all this negative energy throughout work because I worked in the trades. I do work in the trades. And there's a lot of, especially back then, there's so much bad energy, just rudeness, grumpiness, mean. Like There's a lot of the times people aren't working for each other. They're not working on the same team. If you're working with other trades, you know there's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of frustration. And I would just absorb this and I would never outlash it on them. But I would come home and I held all this energy throughout the day. And I was just exhausted because I was there trying to be nice, trying to be happy, trying to put on a good face for everyone else. And then I'd come home almost just exhausted because 
And instead of displacing this energy and these emotions towards the people who are actually me causing me to feel this way, I would displace that and outlash it towards Jess. I would displace those emotions onto Jess. I'd be cold. I'd be grumpy. How everyone else treated at work, treated me at work, treated everyone else at work, I would now displace that energy and those emotions towards Jess. And again, like without being aware of what was going on, it was just how it was. I would just say, oh, I don't have the energy. I, I can't, I can't show up better. Yeah, sorry, Jess. And I, I would leave the rest, leave all that and just displace all that onto her. Now, how unfair is that? I know <laughs> it took a lot of work and reflecting to understand a, what was going on and B how to, how to take new actions to not let my thorns protrude once again. The fifth self um, defense, defense mechanism is uh, regression. So some people who feel threatened or anxious may unconsciously escape to an earlier stage of life or just to an unhealthy habit. Adults who are struggling to cope with events or behaviors may return to overeating foods that they really like that aren't necessarily good for you. Um, but they find comforting or they indulge in activities they know aren't good for them. They may avoid the activities they do know are good for them because they feel uh, too overwhelmed by them. So an example of this that everyone probably uses is going to your phone or turning on Netflix because the task you should be doing seems too difficult or you seem like you don't have enough energy for it. This is such a common one. Probably the most common one is regression. You know, um, we, we feel threatened or anxious um, and we want to escape to something easier or something uh, that's usually more unhealthy for us. So that, that's a very common one that we use. Uh, number The sixth one is rationalization. Some people may attempt to explain undesirable behaviors with their own set of facts. Now, this allows you to feel comfortable with the choice you made, even if you know on another level it's not right. And I, again, and still am the victim of rationalization. I will rationalize to myself why my behavior is justified. Um, for example, get angry at your partner because they aren't fulfilling your love language or your needs and desires when really you might be ignoring the fact that you also are not fulfilling their needs, but you're rationalizing every reason why you need to your needs desired, but you're not looking at the truth and the reality of the situation and taking ownership that, oh shit, you know, I'm actually not doing that for you either. We rationalize and justify why it's important for us without us utilizing empathy and looking at the the totality of the experience of um especially in a relationship you know we tend to rationalize we tend to justify our actions and uh i think we're all a bit guilty of that on some level the seventh one is sublimation and this type of defense mechanism is considered positive strategy. And again, I use this a lot and I'm not against this um, because that's because people who rely on it choose to redirect strong emotions. And when I mention strong emotions, that's like anger, hate, those dark, heavy emotions. 
um, frustration, grumpiness, you know, being cold, everything I experience, still experience on some level. Um, but you, you channel those or you redirect those into an object or activity that is appropriate and safe, uh, such as going to the gym or going for a run or doing yoga. And I don't think this is a bad thing. I think this is an amazing thing. As long as we don't repress, as I mentioned earlier, as long as we're not burying it, as long as we're not avoiding it, as long as we, I like to use sublimation to get me in a better mind state, get those endorphins moving, make me feel better. So then I can face the emotions that I was feeling. So I can analyze them. So I can talk to Jess about what I'm experiencing. Because if I come into a conversation without redirecting that heavy, uh, strong, hard emotions, then I'm going to be more reactional in that conversation. And I'm going to react to those emotions and lead with those strong emotions rather than getting that movement, exercising, feeling better. And now I have a higher level of consciousness and awareness where I can really reflect and talk those things through. So I think it's a great tool as long as we aren't going to the gym and repressing what we felt. We still need to deal with everything we're feeling and understand why it's happening. Don't just go to the gym and you know, redirect it onto something else and then forget about it. We can't repress it. So I think this is an important, um, this is a, a, a useful uh, defense mechanism as long as we aren't repressing our emotions. The eighth one is reaction formation. So people who use this defense mechanism recognize how they feel, but they choose to behave in the opposite manner of their instincts. So a person who reacts this way, for example, may feel they should not express negative emotions such as anger or frustration, those strong emotions. They choose to instead react in an overly positive way, <laughs> not fully processing what is actually going on. So some people overcompensate and instead of outlashing in anger or frustration, they overcompensate with joy and happiness. And again, this is kind of like my um, what I mentioned to at work. When I was frustrated or when I was angry, I didn't outlash that onto coworkers or other trades workers. I chose to instead react in an overly positive manner, not fully allowing myself to absorb what's going on. And, and it led to that compounding effect that led me to show up with that grumpiness, that coldness, that holding everything in is when I got home to my loved ones. So that's reaction formation. Uh, the ninth one is compartmentalization. And this is separating your life into independent sections. Um, and it may feel like it's a way to protect you from different elements of your life. You know, let's, let's hide one thing, such as when you choose not to discuss your personal life issues at work, you block off or compartmentalize that element of your life. And of course, I mean, depending on our job, we, we probably don't want to necessarily bring our deep problems to work. You know, those need to be resolved usually in a safe manner, not with people who maybe are strangers. But compartmentalizing allows you to carry on without facing the anxieties or challenges while you're in that setting or mindset. So if, if you compartmentalize and just choose to ignore them and not discuss them or not even show that they're there, that's a way of repression. You're, you're compartmentalizing. You're saying, oh, okay, I can focus on work. So I don't need to worry about my home life or my home problems. But 
when we're real with them and say, yeah, you know what, like I am struggling right now. I am dealing with some things and it's affecting me. Um, you know, we can't compartmentalize, just shut one thing off completely, go from one thing to the other and just forget about it. That includes some sort of repression and it's not going, it's, it's not a healthy coping mechanism. We can't just pretend like it's not there. We can't just compartmentalize and just focus on work and everything will be okay. Um, and the 10th and final one, which is what I saw as the most popular defense mechanisms is intellectualization. And this is when you're hit with a difficult situation, let's say, and, and you remove all of your emotions from your responses instead of focusing on what actually is, what the facts are, how you actually feel. You may see this strategy um, when, let's say, a person loses their job. And, in, and instead of actually reflecting and getting in tune with their emotions, how they're feeling, what actually transpired here, they go and choose to spend their time creating spreadsheets of job opportunities and leads. You know, they use intellectualization, facts and numbers to justify how they're feeling or justify how they're going to get out of it instead of actually reflecting, digesting, feeling what's going on, processing and working through that. So I just wanted to describe those 10 top defense mechanisms because a I've seen how they impacted my life and I those are going to be the root causes of how we show up in life and the a lot of these defense mechanisms I utilized over and over and over again and that eventually turned me into or manifested into undesirable personality traits habits beliefs whatever it may be um, it actively truly happened to me. So I just wanted to let you in with how those affected me, uh, how they manifested in my life. And hopefully that brings some insight into how it might be affecting your life. So here's a couple questions to help you reflect on all this. What might be some potential thorns in your life? What areas of your life are getting affected by those thorns or defense mechanisms? How might those defense mechanisms be manifesting into undesirable personality traits, habits, beliefs? Do your thorns serve you or inhibit you? Who might I become if I can lean on my strengths and override my thorns? And how will my life be better without being the victim of my thorns? So I hope you all gathered some insight, some sort of insight from this podcast episode. That is always my intention to share what's going on in my life, to share my story, to be vulnerable, to share openly in the hopes that men or anyone listening can find some help, um, some insights, some inspiration, some motivation behind what I'm saying to hopefully uh, enable you to take new actions in your life. And on that note, if my podcasts, if my messages resonate with you, please dig into coaching. Check out my website at joelmahe.ca. Feel free to reach out to me to my email at coaching at joelmahe.ca. Check me out on Instagram. My tag is just J-O-E-L-M-A-H-E. I'd love to connect. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear if my message is having any impact on your life whatsoever. I absolutely love, love getting messages from people saying, 
Um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I love that you're sharing your message. It's those kind words that keep me coming back and keep me working on this, keeping me progressing in this, this work field that I've chosen in coaching. So in closing, I just want to leave you with a few words and, you know, we will thrive when we are living our life with fewer restrictions we will have greater potential to experience our full range of emotions. This includes joy, happiness, and a higher tolerance for intimacy. We will be able to live more authentically, more liberated, and can remove the necessary, the necessity to hide our true selves and desires. It's time to lead with our beauty rather than reverting to our thorns. Reflect on this, knowing that you don't need to revert to any defense mechanisms to survive. Move forward in life with conscious intentions to improve on this. Have faith and trust that experiencing all of your emotions will in fact help you to live a more aligned and authentic life. In doing this, you will surrender your average life. Thank you so much for listening and have an amazing day.